I've been a liar, been a thief, been a lover, been a cheat. All my sins need holy water, feel it washing over me. Oh, little one, I don't want to admit to something. If all it's gonna cause is pain, truth in my lies right now are falling like the rain. So let the river run. Cause she loves danger, psychopath. And you don't fuck with no man's girl, even I know that. But she's devised some plan to stab him in the back, knife in hand. Says the relationship's hanging by a strand. So she's been on the web lately, says maybe she'll be my Gwen Stacy, the Spider-Man. And I know she's using me to try to play him. I don't care, hi Suzanne, but I should have said hi Suzanne after the first night, but tonight I am. I've been a liar, been a thief, been a lover, been a cheat. All my sins need holy water, feel it washing over me. A little one, I don't want to admit to something. Happy, happy Monday, my lovely listeners. Welcome back to Overshare. I am Genevieve, your guide on your journey to self-actualization. We had a nice little week off and Overshare is back. I'm so excited to be dissecting a new theme this month, new episodes this month, and new guests this month. We are going to be focusing on the concept called the Great Resignation I've been hearing a lot of things, especially uh, podcasts, shows, books, all the things uh, that are highlighting people who have had the courage to basically leave their jobs, leave their nine to fives. And it's so fascinating because it's really come to a head uh, throughout the pandemic. And now that we're kind of hopefully, quote unquote, at the tail end of the pandemic, I don't know, I'm not going to say that. Uh, But, you know, it's so interesting to see how the pandemic as a universal thing has pushed people to really stop saying okay to just the okay uh, and really pursue their passions and their purpose. And we are having a lot of guests on the show this week that one are entrepreneurs and two uh, have a really high social impact in the community here in Dallas. And I am super excited today to have Mallory back on. And if any of you, any of my lovely listeners have been with me since the beginning, you guys know Mallory's been on the show. Uh, we did, what do we do? Uh, Mindset, affirmations, yeah. and self-talk. Yeah. And that honestly, Mallory, that's still my most listened to episode yeah. still. Wow. I know. Yeah. That was uh, a good episode. I know. It was great. We had such a good time and everybody, I got such good compliments. Um, Mallory did such a great job. We had some really great tips, tools, and tricks. And if you don't have any idea what I'm talking about, go back and listen to the episode. Episode two. Two. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And this is episode, what are we on? Well, I'm not going to say it because I, 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 uh, I published these out of order, but that's fine. <laughs> It doesn't matter. We're a lot farther along than episode two, which is so crazy. So everyone, I've already, just to recap, and, you know, like I said, we've talked about this before, but uh, I know Mallory from a while back when I started at uh, one of the gyms here in Dallas, and she was one of the boxing coaches there, and I never used to get up early. I never used to do anything. Hey, I'm not really a morning person, but I did. She was so great. So, um such a good vibe and you know then she came into the podcast and she has been working so hard to get her goalkeeping academy going and she talked a little about a little bit about that last time you were on the show yeah. but we're really going to de- like take a deep dive today into that because the topic for today's show is uh, how to quit your jo- how to quit your day job yeah <laughs> so it sounds kind of uh basic but i think it, there's a lot that goes into that right. you know mindset and the actual practical steps and we have kind of a guru here who has <laughs> who's kind of living out her you know your dream yeah, so absolutely. but 
uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, Mallory. Um, okay, so I'm originally from St. Louis, Missouri. Yep. Um, I grew up, raised there, uh, born and raised there. I moved out to Rhode Island where I went to school. I went to Brown University where mm-hmm. I played soccer. Growing up, I was just an athlete, all-around athlete. I played three sports. I actually committed to play both softball and soccer at Brown. Yeah. Ended up just playing soccer. Um, and as a soccer player, I was a goalkeeper. And I didn't become a goalkeeper until high school. So this kind of sets the story for where I'm at now. But uh, in high school, that's when I transitioned to being a goalkeeper. Um, so obviously I was behind a little bit um, from my peers. Yeah. Uh, when I transitioned, I transitioned back because I wasn't – I was skilled, but I wasn't fast enough to, p- to be on the field anymore. But I was quick and I had good hands because I played basketball. Um, so I really dug into being a goalkeeper because I wanted I wanted to play soccer moving forward. And so my freshman year of high school is my first year being a goalkeeper um, at my high school in, in – in St. Louis in general, uh, high school soccer is a really big deal versus other places. It's not a big deal. Yeah. St. Louis soccer has a very, um, very, uh, cherished tradition, um, there. So wanted to play for my high school, but I was going up against, so coming in as, as a freshman, there was another freshman, um, who had been a goalkeeper her whole life. And so I remember playing against her as a goalkeeper ever since I was young and she was known as one of the better goalkeepers in the area. And so stepping into my freshman year, um, uh, went to tryouts. Obviously, I was a new goalkeeper. Kind of made sense to me. She made varsity. I made JV. My sophomore year, though, um, you know, after my freshman year, I had a really bad taste in my mouth because I thought that I was better than that. So started training like crazy uh, four days a week, going to goalie training on top of club basketball practice, on top of club soccer practice, on top of club softball practice, while also playing for my school, all three of those sports. I was going to goalie training four days a week. Mm-hmm. So going to uh, tryouts, sophomore year um again she made varsity I made JV (laughs) didn't feel didn't sit right with me again so I'm on JV she's on varsity she's getting all the glory I'm you know behind I don't like being an underdog and so I went back to the drawing board going into my junior year going to training five days a week again on top of everything else going to training five days a week uh we got a new coach that year um going to tryouts I made varsity she made varsity and we split time okay again I didn't like that because I wanted, I wanted, <laughs> wanted all that. I wanted more. Yeah, you know, I had been working. She hadn't. Yeah, she just was relying on that talent she's had since she was little. I was actively working. I didn't have a social life very much. I was in all honors classes, taking right. all AP classes, and training. That's all I was doing was school and school and sports. So uh, going into my senior year, and again, this kind of helped set me up to get to college. But I started training six and seven days a week, almost every day. I was going to training. Um, and I just wanted to get better. I was working on the little things, and that's what um, I use today in my day job is how to how to change those little things, those little habits. But um, going to training six and seven days a week, uh, tryouts come around. I make captain, which is awesome because, you know, my team, we're voted on by the team. I, I get voted the captain, one of the three or four captains, and uh, we split time until about the last – probably district games that's when we stopped splitting time and and I stepped up I was I was a starter and that year I took my team to the state championship oh my god and we lost with one second left in overtime that's a different story (laughs) we don't have to get into that but um that underdog story is what's kind of carried me my whole life and it carried me then until I went to Brown right and so I go to Brown and it's the same underdog situation where I come in and there's two goalkeepers ahead of me as a freshman uh they were both sophomores and they split time and so I came into a situation that was really daunting for any goalkeeper. So my freshman year, you know, I'm just a 
I'm just a practice keeper. Uh, I broke my ankle. I didn't know it was broken. Didn't get it fixed until my sophomore year. I had a red shirt my junior year. Yeah. All the while I'm battling back. And then my senior year, I led the Ivy League in saves. So um, that underdog story has really set me up for where I'm at now um, in soccer. And, and I know we'll get in, into that in a second. But after Brown, um, just briefly, I, I did Teach for America for two years. So I taught in South Dallas for two years, which was an incredible experience. And then I transitioned completely away from that into finance. Um, I worked at American Airlines. And um, until I quit my job in 2020, and I'm sure we'll get into that too. Um, But the theme is that I I made it back to kids. So I went from, you know, teaching to eventually came back full circle to now I work with kids full time with my goalkeeping academy. Um, And it's been a really great ride. That's, that's, there's (laughs) so many things. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I mean, we really are going to focus on the, the soccer aspect of Mm -hmm. it and, I, I was geeking out the other day because I was listening to Simon Sinek and he had a uh, an episode. I forgot. Now I'm you know, putting myself on the spot, but I forgot the guest he had on. But she actually started schools uh, for refugees. And the way she actually did that was uh, focusing on soccer and oh, wow. how soccer is such a it's not just a sport sport. It's a community sport. It's a, uh, it highlights so many things with an individual, their ability to work on our team, their willing, their ability to help each other. And she ended up, uh, starting schools around the country or is starting schools around the country to give refugees opportunities to, um, you know, go to college and do the things they want to do in their life. But the, the application process is basically they have to play soccer. Yeah. So, so she's, a, so she's able to see, you know, how they work on a team, how they, you know, all these, all these skills, she's able to see that, how, you know, through the actual game and their participation in the game. Anyways. Yeah. So I know it took me a long time to get on board with soccer. I, it's <laughs> not my, my favorite sport of all time, yeah. but I, t- I definitely do have a lot of res- respect for it. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult. Um, there's so many aspects of it. And, um, I don't know that when I heard that episode too, it like you, your name popped up in my mind again to have you come back on the show yeah. because I think it's so amazing that you're working with girls mm-hmm. and I, you know, I've, I've kind of like trickled this out through the last couple of months on the podcast about how women have had a lot of differences in pursuing the things that they want to pursue and where that comes from, where does that start? You know, it starts with representation and how they see themselves at a very young age. And where does that come from? Mm -hmm. Which is a whole nother ball of wax, my lovely listeners. I'm not saying that we're going to talk about that today. I'm just saying I've, you know, I've been seeing a lot of things like that in the the media lately that I think I maybe want to do that later on down the line, have mm-hmm. some people come on and talk about that. But yeah. I do want Mallory to talk about that aspect of the, um, the goalkeeping Academy, because yeah. I love that it's focused on girls and their mindset and how they see themselves and how they're able to carry that on in their lives. And you know, just what a formative experience they're going through right now with, you know, your academy. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to talk about before we just, we're going to do mindset vocabulary really quick. You good? Do you want me to talk about how I quit my job? We're going to get into that. Um, yeah, you can do it now. Let's do it now. Okay. Do it now. Yeah. Let's go ahead. Yeah. So, um, because it's called the great resignation, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, before I, I started focusing on goalkeepers, I was working at American Airlines in finance. And it's not a very fun 
job, job? at all. <laughs> Not very fun. <laughs> um, and I had, you know, some managers that really kind of took my will willingness to work kind of away from me and yeah. I was just over it. Yeah. And I didn't realize it, how much I was over it until the pandemic. And so when we started working from home, I was on conference calls as late as 11 PM, Yeah, you know, working on finance and for an airline in the middle of a pandemic when we were losing millions. Um, it took a lot out of me. And so what I started to realize is by waking up every day and going to sleep every day, thinking about this job, I just, I, I realized how much I hated myself that I was making myself do this stuff that I didn't like. And at the time I had about seven or eight goalkeepers that I was training. Okay. Um, I was just doing that on the side. Um, I just needed some extra money and I never really thought that this would actually lead to a career. And, and still to this day, people ask me, you know, what I do with my life. And I tell them and they're like, you can make money doing that. Like get a little bit of judgment, you know? Um, and I was the same way at the Chelsea, beginning, maybe, I, maybe, but it, you know, wow. I can't even say that cause I, I was the same way at the beginning. Cause I had a friend that was, you know, begging me, Hey, come train my keepers. And I was like, I want to be a soccer trainer. Like that doesn't <laughs> sound appealing to me. Yeah. Um, I don't think I can make money doing that. So why would I, why waste my time? Um, I was wrong for sure. Um, but at the time, again, I was training seven or eight keepers, American airlines offered, severance packages to leave which made it a little bit easier for me to leave I was already going to quit but as soon as I saw the severance packages I grabbed it and I was out the door so they offered me 10 years of free travel if I oh. wanted to leave okay Mallory that so, explains a lot <laughs> so it was a little bit easier for me to leave than I think that other people just because 10 years of free travel if I could you know leave the job and still do the thing that I love to do which was travel um then it was a no brainer for me. Cause I think that's what kept me at American airlines for so long. Besides security, it was just, Oh, I get to travel the world for free. That's pretty cool. Um, so they gave me 10 years of free travel and, and I was out and, um, I'm surprised more people didn't, didn't do take it. that offer. Yeah. A lot of anyone my age, I still tell them like you messed up, <laughs> you should have taken that offer and left because there was a lot of fear and anxiety around whether or not we would be able to find a job in the pandemic. Yeah. Um, like I said, I was lucky that I had a little bit of income coming in from training keepers. Um, once I quit, I, again, I didn't know exactly what was going to happen. I just knew I wanted to combine my talents to work with kids. Uh, so I was doing some tutoring. I was obviously training, um, just working with kids as much as I can or could at the time. And in about April of 2021, that's when I decided to focus on goalkeepers full time. And now year almost a year later it's been a crazy ride yeah i and I, for some reason i thought you had made the decision to leave th your job or like maybe a little bit before the pandemic mm -hmm. but i guess this is perfect because yeah. i was i was thinking okay i'm gonna have to just tell my lovely listeners that it doesn't matter but because i really want to focus on that phenomenon with people you know how that really forced people to have difficult conversations with yeah. themselves mm -hmm. like okay i'm not happy here right. i'm not i'm just it's making me miserable but also kind of the conundrum with like tying your identity to what you were doing. Yeah. Like it gave you some type of, like you said it earlier about how people would look at you and maybe judge you yeah, because you weren't in finance quote unquote right. anymore. It wasn't like a, a reputable job yeah. because you were going to go do goalkeeping full time, right. which is crazy. Cause now when I think about that, when I hear that, I'm like, that's so cool. Yeah. But I guess nobody, not everybody's like that. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, no, it's, I, I faced a lot of judgment from my family, um, from friends, from 
people I went to school with. I mean, I went to an Ivy League school and now, yeah. now, now I run a soccer academy. So a lot of people don't um, pair those two together, Ivy League education with working with kids. And that's just that's just how it is. You know, I, I was looked at the same way when I did Teach for America, um, which is a very prestigious program. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but it also the impact um, that you can have on a group of students. To me, that was that was more important. It wasn't about the prestige of the program. It was how can I use this gift that I have to work with kids? And I still, like I said, people looked at me, my my peers, my classmates looked at me, looked down on me. They were like, wow, we're making $160,000 a year. What are you making? I don't know, like 40? Like, okay. And you went to Brown for that? No, I went to Brown for, for other reasons. But um, yeah, I faced a lot of judgment. And it's it's funny, it's taken a while for people around me to see kind of what I've built. Cause I, I don't talk about it much. I don't post about it much. Yeah. Um, I've just, it's been very important to me to prove to myself that I'm doing the right things and that, um, that there's a space for me in this, in this, uh, environment. Yeah. And that's what I've been able to do. Um, and now, you know, my parents, they hear how hard I'm working and they're proud. They can't stop telling people about it. Yeah. You know? But at first they were like, there's no security there. Cause I, I'm from the Midwest. So lack of security is like the biggest, um, concern fear. issue yeah, here. in the Midwest, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so me leaving my job to pursue working with kids took a lot of, of time for people to buy into what I was doing. Um, and mainly because they can't benefit from what I'm doing, right? What I'm doing is, is bigger than me and it's, it's for children. It's not for adults from Missouri, but, um, took a while to get some buy-in. Um, not that I need support to get things done, but it certainly helps. Um, and now that, like I said, I've, I've grown to where I'm at, I, I see a lot, I, I get a lot more support now and a, well, lot, yeah. a lot less like, <laughs> yeah, now, yeah, like a lot less <laughs> judgment. Um, but even, like I said, my, you know, my peers from, from Brown, I have a good friend of mine is in her residency at Mount Sinai in New York. A friend of mine is building her way up, you know, through the real estate community. I have another one in tech. I have another friend in New York. I have another friend uh, who just became a lawyer. I have another friend who's been a consultant and makes more money than all of us. Um, another friend that works in wealth management. And again, they, they're making a lot of money. They're doing those prestigious things. Um, but I have conversations with them all the time about lack of fulfillment and... How do you continue to pursue something that you don't want to do, but it pays beyond the bills? Um, and that's not something that I was willing to do. And we're going to, we'll get into that in a little bit because I really want to break that down because of like the differentiation between that moment, that moment where you make that choice. Because, I, you know, a lot of people don't even have, the, well, We'll get into that and we'll get into that in tips, tools and tricks and things like that. Cause I really want, I want the lovely listeners to have like a practical example of, you know, what you did or what you felt or what moment you had that really made you say, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to step into the unknown, even though it's scary as hell to step into this realm of, you know, I have no clue what's going to happen. I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. I don't know how I'm going to make a living. I don't know if I can make this work. So many things that are you know, self-doubting and, you know, all those things come into play. And I just, it's like I said, it's just so uh, fascinating to me. And then the whole high social impact of it too. I think that's a main component of yeah. fulfillment and Absolutely. purpose because 
you cannot just do something because you're going to get paid for it. Right. You can. I'm not saying that. I'm a, don't get that. Don't get me wrong, lovely listeners. I know there are a lot of people that get up and go to a nine to five every day. And I do. I, mm-hmm. I can't say that's what I mean. I There's nothing wrong with that. No, but, not at all. You know, once you've done something that you really love because of service and, you know, giving back, it's a completely different feeling. Right. And that's what I really want to highlight throughout this month of March yeah. to uh, let people know that it's possible. Yeah. Like, it is so possible and it's really a journey inward and it's a journey home to yourself if you end up making that choice to, you know, take a deep dive into, you know, whatever you love to do. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, and like I said, we'll get into that. But uh, let's do mindset vocabulary cool. really quick. And oh, here, let me do my little for my lovely listeners out there. Uh, so you guys know that Overshare uh, does this segment every every episode to give you kind of um, words to focus on and break down and all of those things. But this month, I really want to focus on my guests and their stories. So we're going to have looser concepts this month, my lovely listeners, and just kind of ideas that kind of popped out at me when I was doing the run-up for, you know, each one of these episodes this month. Uh, but for Mallory, I, I was listening to, you know, again, I, I hadn't listened to Simon Sinek in a while. I was on a, a Jay Shetty kick. Okay. And then I went back to Simon Sinek, <laughs> and it was like, a, ah, yeah. you know, like, a, great. yeah, it's, it was just, you know, you just get this just feeling of, like, dopamine through your brain when you listen to him. He's just... Yeah. He's so great. He's, He's able so to call me. It's his voice. I think he, you know, I found out that he was dating somebody on the podcast and there was a little bit of me that was a little just like, Oh man, that's <laughs> like, that's, yeah. I was like, man, <laughs> I was like, I could, he's kind of like my, you know, where are the men out there like that? Right. You know, where are they? Uh, but yes, he's got a very calming voice. He's, he's able to encapsulate things so well, yeah. just from his, the feedback he gets from people. It's just so uncanny sometimes when I listen to him I'm like wow it's just like, yeah. um but you know he all the podcasts that I've listened to lately and the books that I've been reading there's really this kind of overarching theme of how in our society that our society that we live in today we're you know we were talking about that earlier when you know Mallory was telling my lovely listeners about herself about this idea of a set plan for everyone we have to go to high school we have to you know get all straight A's we have to then go to college and then we have to get married and this kind of trajectory that's planned Uh, and you know we can go to Brown or we can go to Harvard or we can go to you know wherever and but I feel like there's a huge lack of environments and safe spaces that teach people how to um and this may sound hippy dippy but how to harness like the magic inside of them like there's you know how to think outside of the box how to give some praise and this may sound also hippie to be but to like messiness like the messiness of who we are as human beings does that make you know absolutely yeah (laughs) i think we you know being from the midwest you kind of already highlighted the plan which is Go to high school, do well, go to college, marry your college sweetheart, buy a house, start having a family. Yeah. Work up your corporate job and and just do okay. You know, just be content. And for me, that never really seemed like the plan. Like, it sounds good. Yeah. But I didn't want to just be content. 
Like I don't, I don't want to just be like, oh, okay, how was your day? It was pretty good. It was what it was. Same day every day. I don't want that. I, I, I like excitement. I like to travel. I like to see things. I like to talk to different people. And and I needed. I think the monotony of, um, of my nine to five is is really what pushed me over the edge. But, um, I think. And then two, obviously, so that was a box from from growing up in the Midwest, but then the box from graduating from an Ivy League school yeah. is that you're really expected to do things. They hear, oh, you went to Brown, you must be smart. Wait, you're just a goalkeeper trainer? <laughs> well, yes, but it goes <laughs> it goes further than that. And um, that's something that I've had to get over. And now that I have, I, I have no regrets. I have no issues telling people where I went to school, the education that I have and what I'm doing now and how they coincide versus butt heads. Um, but I am, um, alone there almost, you know, looking at my friends that, that have graduated and are doing great things. Um, nothing against what they're doing. They're all doing what they want to do and what they thought they should do. I just, I couldn't do it. I tried it. I tried corporate America and it just, it wasn't for me. And I don't think it was ever going to be for me. Yeah. But do you, do you think that that was just because of like trial and error or was there maybe a point in your life that you had like a, a moment where, you know, you knew like that inner voice that was always there? I mean, because you just said it earlier, you said, oh, well, that was the tipping point, you know, mm-hmm. me actually going through what I went through at American Airlines and whatnot. But yeah. was there something before when you were growing up that really just was there and you just didn't listen. You kind of didn't want to listen to it. So, yeah. So Mm -hmm. I, I've always had a, um, a really great way of connecting to kids. Mm -hmm. That's always been one of my biggest strengths. I've babysat since I was little. Um, I've always loved little kids. I have little cousins that, you know, idolized me and, and still eventually became, you know, my best friends. I have a little cousin that, um, Caden, who who passed away when he was fifteen, I was this was in twenty fourteen. Um, but because of my relationship with yeah. him, yeah, um, that's really what pushed me into teaching and what kind of brought me back full circle to kids. And like I said, it's something I I realized from a young age. And so around me, I was always known as being smart. Um, and so you know, I was kind of pushed, or I always said I was going to be a pediatric pediatric orthopedic surgeon that was kind of going to be my path but again this theme of kids is what I always kept coming back to but again what do you do with kids that actually creates like a living for yourself and I think that's what I struggled with was how do I do the things I want to do but also have impact and what which one's more important and eventually I chose impact yeah um and like I said, it's, it's always been kids for me. I've, I've, I love kids. I love hanging out with kids. I love their little minds. I studied cognitive development in college. Um, I was a liaison between my team and this uh, elementary school. I was in there twice a week, um, every week with the kids, just hanging out, helping them learn. I did research on how children learn at Vanderbilt. Um, it's always been kids for me. So when I went into Teach for America, it wasn't very off brand. Right. Um, everyone knew that I liked kids and Mm -hmm. by doing that um I think I kind of fought against what I was supposed to do which was work with kids and and that's when I transitioned into finance because I was like oh it'll be okay like I can I can always have that relationship with kids but 
now the academic in me needs to achieve something more. Right. And so I started working in finance and lo and behold, I missed kids. I missed that relationship. I missed that mentorship, being able to connect to kids. And so to help kind of fill that void, I started doing, or I joined up, joined onto big brothers, big sisters. Mm-hmm. So I have a little yeah. brother, Braxton. Uh, he's great. He's 11 now. I just saw him this weekend. Um, but we've been matched since he was seven. So it's been about three or four years that we've been matched together. Um, and that was great. I was seeing him every week or every other week, but I was still missing more. Like I still, I still wanted more. Um, I wanted to impact more, be around kids more and see kind of how I could help them out. Um, and you know, last, last episode we talked about affirmations and self-talk and how I went on this journey to being the best version of myself so that Mm -hmm. I could show up for others. And kids is where I found that foothold, which was I'm learning all of these things and looking back on my life, if I had had a better mindset, a better, better self-talk, um, better view of myself, better self-confidence. Yeah. How could that have impacted me better? How could that have taken me further? You know, you look at my resume and I went to Brown and graduated and I played a sport and I've done all these cool things, but you know, to get there, um, I was my own worst enemy. And so the idea behind it was if I can, work with kids now and help them realize the potential within themselves and truly believe it and get through all of these achievements without becoming their own worst enemy, then I think that's a really, really important mindset and skill set to have. And so that kind of became my life's work. How can I bring what I've been learning and, and how can I help kids develop confidence and not just confidence because they're good at things, but true hardworking confidence that will outlast any achievement they ever have. And yeah. so resilience. Exactly. Yeah. And that's how I've gotten to where I am. Yeah. And that's like fits so perfectly with kind of the other concept I have for mindset vocabulary, which is kind of this idea of a new measurement of success. Mm-hmm. And that may be something that is happening or not happening right now. You know, it's, it's, it's funny cause you know, just with the way the world is right now and, you know, it can be very defeating or disappointing, but, you know, that's why I really wanted to reach out into the community and pull people in that are doing high social impact work that are, you know, creating these safe spaces and this ability to have a new measurement of success, you know, and it's just you, you hit the nail on the head when you said, you know, success is kind of how often you're swimming in that joy of being alive, like being able to wake up in the morning and say, oh my gosh, like today's a new day and I get to do what I love and I don't have to worry about anything else, which is, I mean, there, <laughs> there are days where I wish that all I had to, to worry about was this podcast and I can make revenue off of this in of itself, you know, which is, is, is the goal, but it's, you know, just to be able to wake up, that's so be excited. You, yeah. And it's like, even for me to say that I'm not even there yet with this kind of whole endeavor, mm-hmm. but I, you know, to think that that's like all you have to worry about yeah. and, you know, you know, invest in and work towards and, you know, put all that hard work into, it's just, it makes me excited. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's a, a couple other things for mindset vocabulary. I put like success is, is the feeling that you're on an adventure that's going to continue evolving exactly the way it should, you know, and that basically success is feeling purpose and being paid for it. Mm-hmm. And like that's such a 
it's so it's so amazing that people would judge you for you know what you're doing yeah <laughs> it doesn't I, I think a lot of people can't conceptualize that I can make a living and also have an impact that's not felt by a CEO but what who no don't I don't even want to say that right now I don't even want to say that about the CEO right now don't get me started <laughs> because it's just but you know we're you're creating good good ethical hard-working strong-willed resilient women yeah. and for the, the the next generation yeah you know who maybe will be ceos and will be you know people that care and have empathy and i don't you know i just sometimes i feel like all those con those concepts are there and like our society like quote unquote wants them but they don't want to do the work to to actually get there yeah if that if that yeah. makes sense it's i mean it's hard work right it's hard work to introspectively look into yourself and and see that there's more that you can learn and you can be better every day it's it's exhausting to wake up in the morning yeah. and ask okay how can i get better today and then actively pursue it yes it's a lot easier to be like oh it's okay i'll do it tomorrow right oh, my diet starts monday that's my diet always starts on monday i'm still working on that but um <laughs> i'm there too with you with yeah but yeah. um it, it's way easier to not think about what you can do within yourself to make yourself better and the impact that that can have on people around you and i think when i was working in corporate america that's when i first really started again i, I started on that mindset journey and that mindset development um journey and um what I realized is that I was making myself better, but no one around me wanted to hear it, right? No one around me wanted to know what was going on. All they cared about was showing up, doing the work, going making home. making boss happy and going home. Yeah, going home. And yeah. the difference was is that I didn't care about making the boss happy because yeah, I thought that was fake. Me neither. You know, like I, I don't, <laughs> like, yeah. I, I had a manager and if she ever hears this, she knows exactly who I'm talking about. Um, but she would just take joy out of everything. She was so fake all the time just so fake you know she'd be terrible to me and then turn around and fake laugh to to her boss and yeah and seeing that just disgusted me I was like that's gross like you need to work on yourself like you really do because what you're doing and how you're trying to get there to me that that just didn't make sense like yeah working for the airline was great and I think that you know there's broader scope to the impact you can have but I think my journey was it was really important for me to share that with people that will listen and people that will benefit from the information that I can give. And, and I have that gift that I can Speak break it kids. down and, 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 yeah, and give that You're information a child to kids. Whisperer. Yeah. <laughs> well, don't say that. That's not bad. Um, but, but yeah, I, I think, um, I think just, I'm pretty soft, soft spoken, pretty, um, yeah. Even mannered. Right. And, and yeah. I think kids are drawn to that. But if you saw me have a conversation Obviously, like this conversation, it uh -huh. would be way different than if you saw me with kids. And you'd be like, oh, wow, that's two totally different people. I, I figure I kind of, well, I didn't want to say that earlier when we started because, you know, but, and my, my lovely listeners can't really see us right now, but Ma Mallory's very, you know, calm and, you know, she's very, like she said, like very even, even mannered. And so, but, you know, when you talk about kids, you can definitely see kind of the transition. And yeah. I totally get that because. You know, I don't want to say what like you're two different people, but right. I identify with that too because I'm a completely different person when I'm in the studio than when I'm out in public and yeah. like I'm very introverted. Right, me too. And when I'm here, I'm like, okay, ooh, hi, 
yeah, I'm Genevieve, yeah. your guide is, and you know, people kind of look at me like, what? <laughs> like, what? So that I can tell that, you know, and your whole, your whole face lights up when you talk about kids. Yeah. So I totally get that. Um, let's do, let's kind of transition into tips, tools, and tricks. Cause we're, I really want Valerie to talk about, um, just kind of the actual goalkeeping academy itself and just kind of honestly the only tip tool and trick i have from me today is just listen to your gut <laughs> that's all i have yeah. uh, and i'm gonna really kind of let mallory just um focus on what she wants and her journey and whatever you know highlights she wants to talk about with the academy because i i she did mention this last episode we kind of just touched upon it and she she mentioned one of her uh goalkeepers that she's been working with that was you know you had a you know, you've been really connected with her mm-hmm. uh and so you know i'm just interested to see how things are coming along i'm sure the listeners want to know and just um what you know what's next what what you're excited about what's mm-hmm. going on and how how'd you do it everybody yeah. wants to know how the the secret recipe right i don't know <laughs> if there is a secret recipe but i think back to what you said is is listen to your gut um, follow what you're obsessed with. I think the yeah. word obsession has a very negative connotation, but there are very healthy obsessions, right? So one of my healthy obsessions was personal development, mindset development, mm-hmm. and, and following that, yeah. that obsession has led me to where I am. Um, I think definitely listen to what gets you excited because I would be at my corporate job and I'd be listening to podcasts and sneaking off to read a book and yeah. sneaking off to, to, uh, take a class on Skillshare or something just to make myself better. Um, and so really lean into, again, what you're drawn to and what healthy obsessions you have. Um, and I think that'll that'll lead you to where you need to be. Um, for me, like I said, it was that relationship with kids. But more than that, it was a mindset development and helping kids realize true confidence, which is something that's very few and far between. Um, these days, I think a lot of confidence is, is built on performance and where those mastery experiences are important. Um, if your confidence is just built on your mastery experiences on when you perform well, uh, that sets you up for a lot of performance anxiety, especially when it comes to sports or Um, life or life. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Life life in general. (laughs) If you're only confident when you're doing well, um, your confident is a lot, um, it's a lot. Uh, weaker right it can easily be broken down and you're confident when you're doing well so you're really high and then you dropped it really low lows when you're not doing well yeah and um that was something that I had and so what I had to do within myself was learn how to attach my confidence to doing hard things right actually earning my confidence every day so wake up in the morning do hard things from the get-go um as a habit and and that really truly builds confidence um you know they say or not they, Malcolm Gladwell has, you know, outliers. Have you read that book? I haven't heard, heard that, that book. Okay. Uh-uh, so no. he, he, um, they say it takes 10,000 hours to really become an expert in anything or um, to stand out in anything. And those 10,000 hours, what you put those 10,000 hours into are, are really important. And that can shape kind of where you, you move your life. Um, and so for me, that's, that's what it was. My 10,000 hours were not only in soccer, but I was starting to put those hours into personal development. And so by, connecting the two, I've, I've gotten to where I am. So I mentioned I quit my job in July of 2020. At the time I had about seven or eight keepers that I was training. Yep. Um, again, didn't know exactly what I was going to do. I just knew it was something with kids. So I kept training. I kept networking, meeting more and more people. 
I was doing some tutoring at the time, still again, working with kids. And, um, I just knew that I wanted to continue with what I was doing. And I was growing very slowly, but steadily, right? I would get a goalkeeper and I would keep the goalkeeper. I wasn't getting a keeper just to come train once with me. They were coming every week. And so I made a really big um, point in branding my goalkeeping academy, not publicly, but mm -hmm. privately to the kids that I was working with. So word of mouth. Word of mouth, absolutely. Yeah. And that was really important for me. So, um, uh, so I quit in July, started growing steadily by about, uh, February, I had about 25 keepers, which is a lot for anyone. Um, in February, I did a mindset development clinic with a mental performance coach. So I partnered with a mental performance coach to bring strategies and confidence building activities and, and tools to kids. So we did that in February. I got a couple more from there. I had about 35 by April, um, uh, maybe less than that, maybe about 30 by April. I had a knee surgery, so things kind of slowed down. By um, October, I had about 40, and now I'm at over 80. Oh, my gosh, Mallory. Yeah. In the last four months, I've I've doubled in size, which is crazy. Is it just you right it's now? It's just me. I've interviewed some people to work with me, but the biggest part of what I do is the mindset development and the confidence development, and so it's really hard to find someone that, really buys into that. So like I said, it was really important for me to build by word of mouth. And now I'm seeing the compounding effects of building by word of mouth. Um, all of my keepers, you know, when they go to camp or go to um, tournaments or go play or they're at practices when they're, they have other teams. Um, I'm starting to get a lot of keepers from that because, you know, the parents will be like, oh, who does she train with? Oh, she trains with Mallory. And then I get a lot from, from that. And so, like I said, it's, it's kind of, it's, blown up in the last four months, uh, which is yeah. awesome. And, and it's kind of changing the way that I look at how this can be sustainable long-term. Um, because again, I, I don't want to get away from the confidence building aspect. And that's, that's right. really important to me. And how I coach is to build confidence. It's not just to build great goalkeepers. I want you to be a confident goalkeeper at all times, not just when you're successful. Uh, Cause that's a, it's a position that's high and low and, it takes some time. I think it was important, you know, the, the word of mouth process was important because I needed, I needed the kids that were training with me to really buy into what I was doing because right. it's different than a lot of what other goalkeeper coaches do, which is, uh, you know, other goalkeeper coaches are really high tempo and um, maybe you get a lot of reps, but you don't get a lot of feedback or maybe you don't get a lot of reps and not a lot of feedback. And for me, it's the high reps and high feedback that's important, but it's also being able to recognize quickly when someone does something right that they've been struggling with. Like that's the best way to build confidence is we correct something, next rep you do it right. I'm pointing it out right there. Everyone's stopping. We're, we're congratulating you on, on growing. And um, that piece of, of building confidence um, – sets me apart. But like I said, it's, it's new. So it took, it took some time for people to buy into that. Some parents really had to buy into it. I have parents all the time that are like, um, yeah, I want my kid to come train with you, but can you challenge her? Like it'll be 11 an 11 year old. I want her to train with high school kids. I want her to be challenged. Right. And I have to get them to buy into my program, which is you will be challenged every session, no matter who you're training with. And you'll be challenged in how you view, view yourself and how you perform. Um, not only physically, but mentally. 
And that's a challenge in and of itself. And doing the little things right, that's the challenge that a lot of kids need. Um, and doing those little things right over time builds that really strong confidence. And again, it's a program that a lot of people need to buy into. Um, but like I said, now I'm really realizing the compounding effects of, of growing by word of mouth. And a lot of people are trying to see what we're doing now, which is really, really cool, which grows the, the potential impact to a lot bigger uh, than it was bigger before. Bigger scale. Yeah. Yeah. So how, how is, you mentioned that you do uh, like clinics or workshops or things like that with your goalkeepers. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of in of itself or is it more in practical terms when you're actually out there on the field with them and working through whatever you're working through with them or do you do both or how does that work? Yeah, so I do both. So the way that I coach, like I kind of briefly mentioned earlier, um, is I'm really big on complimenting you for the little things and doing the little things right and making quick adjustments. And like I said, by doing that, that builds that confidence. A lot of kids need that. They need that feedback of you're doing that well, good job. I want everyone to know here that you did that well. Let's keep doing it. And kids need that. So I do that in and of itself just with my sessions weekly. But what I've done with a mental performance coach, and we're actually about to roll out a whole new theme, which is building confidence um, with a whole toolbox to do so. Uh, What we do is we kind of do more of a, a presentation, right, at the beginning, sit down, talk about it, talk about different things that you can do to build confidence and make better decisions, which is very important as a goalkeeper. And then we take that to the field and see if we can apply what we learn. Um, So we have some big things coming up in the next probably six months that we're excited about rolling out. Um, But, you know, we've had to be be careful because mental performance, confidence, that's all buzzwords, right? Yes. (laughs) People see that and they're like, oh, yes, let's come. But, or you know, I want my kid to work with you. But it's been important that we have the toolbox in place and we have things that kids can walk away from and utilize right away. And, and take that even when we're not there. So that's been really important for me, especially with the mindset development piece, is having these tools besides just the affirmations and the positive self-talk, having actual tools that you can take away and apply to your, not only soccer, but your daily life. Yeah, your life. Mm-hmm. So is there a application process to work with you or as of now okay so i was just wondering how you i mean and these the goalkeepers are i don't want to say held accountable but i mean when they work with you they're accountable for the things that they need to do on and off the field with their mindset development and then with the actual like the athletic part of it with playing the actual sport Mm -hmm. so i mean right you have to make sure that they're doing all of the things is what i guess i'm well so yeah there's (laughs) There's check-ins for sure, but it's really, uh, it's not practical to think that every kid is going to walk away and and use the tools that you give them. You just hope that there are some that use them and see the benefits, right? Right. Because I think if I was nine years old, it'd be hard to convince me to do journaling and stuff like that. And self-affirmations. And self-affirmations, that'd be kind of hard to convince me to do it. But if I had someone that showed me the benefits of doing so and obviously then parents kind of have to get involved to help reinforce it. Um, that might've been something I, I, I held on to. And like I said, not every kid that comes to a clinic is going to walk away and be like, yes, I'm going to do affirmations. I'm going to take this imagery thing. I'm going to take this. I'm going to take that. They're going to take the pieces that work and jive with them. But 
the important, the important thing for me is to follow through. So when you come to my training, I'm going to follow through, ask you about, maybe I don't ask you about your affirmations, but I'm going to ask you to reflect on how you've been playing and how you can do better and, or what you've been doing really well. Tell me exactly what you've been doing well and give me examples. So holding them to an account or holding them to a standard that they can um, assess their own play in the moment and afterwards. Um, that's one of the biggest tools that we use too is um, being able to show you and point out when you're doing something wrong so that you can correct it on your own without me telling you. So, oh, you, you know, you, uh, what's an easy example? Um, you didn't move your feet to get to the ball. I want you to feel that you didn't move your feet and now apply it the next rep. Okay. Um, and the way we help you apply that is, for me, like I said, we'll repeat the rep and I'm going to point out right away when you do it right. I'm not going to let you just do it right and be like, okay, good. Like, that's a big deal. Good job. Let's do that again. Okay. And, and keep uh, building from there. So, and I know you do the clinics, which is a group setting, but when you do training, is it more on an individual, uh, like individual session or do you have, you know, cause you were kind of talking about highlighting the, the goalkeepers doing things well or yeah. doing something that was great and then other people kind of being in that same environment that helps kind of, re, you know, reinforce the yeah. the confidence and this kind of uh, the self-esteem building and everything. So is it more, you So know? Uh, both, uh, mainly okay. small groups. So okay. I'll do uh, no okay. more than four or five goalkeepers. Um, but where I'm a little bit different than some other trainers is that I don't have um, – like a, a schedule for each or a program that's like blanketed. Each program is kind of individualized. So okay. I'll put together kids that need to work on similar things okay. and then train them on those things. And then by being in that group environment, then they can also not only learn from what I'm telling them, but also learn from what I'm telling other people ahead of them. And I think that learning aspect is really important. Um, but yeah, I, I try to, base my uh, training based off of um, what other, you know, what kids need to work on. And if someone texts me, like, say I have Lily, which is a girl we were talking about earlier, yes. say Lily's parents are like, hey, she's really struggling with 1v1s. The next session she's in, we're going to work on 1v1s. But the truth is probably everybody in that session yeah. needs to work on 1v1s. With one one person's struggle is everybody's struggle exactly. sometimes. Or exactly. most of the time, for, so, to be honest. Yeah. And so actually, <laughs> I go watch a lot of soccer, too. So. Yeah. Whenever I go watch games, um, typically what one keeper struggles with is what a lot are struggling with. And so I'll, I'll base my programs based on that too. Okay. And can you tell the lovely listeners just the whole aspect of the, the, the girls like that? Do you have, you have, do you have boy keepers? I have both. Yeah, okay. You do have, okay. You do. Okay. Um, I thought it was all girls for some no, reason. It's girls and boys. It's mostly girls. Okay. Um, it's been, it's <laughs> been a longer buy-in process for boys to come train with me, which is interesting. Um, I actually, my, uh, my most outstanding keeper and the one that I've had the longest is a boy. Okay. But, um, beyond that, it, there's been a buy-in process. I think people needed to see what I could do before they'd send their boys to me interesting because um, i'm a girl and maybe i don't know i don't know what they're going through but i've, I've <laughs> always gotten more girls than boys and i think again that impact or uh, the the mindset behind that is that i can be a really good role model especially for young girls um and we really benefit from that relationship and communication for sure do you think that i mean are you able to see 
just a really big transformation with girls with maybe how you started versus I mean, I'm, there's no really, there's no end, so to speak, but you know, maybe to how far they've come with not, I mean, obviously they're getting better athletically, but just the whole, the whole mindset, mindset aspect of it. And kind of, you're able to see these tells that tell you or convey to you that, wow, like this is really, this is really making a difference in who they are and like molding them and, and shaping them. Yeah. Is there anything that kind of jumps out at you that you want to tell the lovely listeners yeah like, i think I, I talk about lily a lot <laughs> she's pretty great and she, she's easy to talk about um she's eight years old and i've been working with her since my first mindset development clinic last february we actually just celebrated our one year she she came to training and was like hey coach happy anniversary and i was like what are you talking about she's like it's, it's our one year and i was like oh wow that's incredible it was last week she brought me a little uh Lilo and Stitch character. It was cute. <laughs> um, but I talk about her a lot, mainly because her parents are so involved in her as an athlete and her as just a little person. Um, and they talk to me a lot. Yeah. So I get a lot of feedback from them on how Lily is impacted, not only as a soccer player, but also um, in the classroom and just as a little person. And so the feedback I, I get from them is is just about how confident she is, how, how she's just how I've reached her more than any other coach has. And I think it's because I focus not only on her performance, but on how she can be a better person on her, right? Because she's not just Lily, the goalkeeper. She's Lily. Goalkeeping is part of her, but she's Lily. And Lily has to be confident no matter what. Um, And so, yeah, I do realize um, the impact that that I've had on, on some kids. And I think there's even more to be had. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that's the coolest part of what I do is that, um, you know, what we do is twofold where it's both athletically and, and emotionally or mentally, um, you know, seeing how they progress and, and how they talk to themselves. And I think the biggest impact I'd like to leave on them is how they talk to themselves when they're by themselves. And I think that's the best, um, the best measure for success that anyone can have you know because no kidding. i don't know how many Even thoughts you have a day but some like fifty thousand yeah. thoughts a day <laughs> and if we can make just half of those positive just half of those confident just half of those putting good energy into whatever you're doing um i think that's a really good good measure i just i think it's so powerful you know what you said that lily is lily you know, and I feel like that's, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't have kids and, you know, I don't really work with kids on a daily basis, but, you know, I just, uh, I was a kid and I was a child athlete and I totally understand how, you know, being looked at as a, a, a cat, like a vehicle just of results versus, you know, me. Yeah. And what I felt like during the process, mm-hmm. you know, and it's nobody's fault. Mm-hmm. You know, you you don't know better until you do better or you know, try and do better or learn better. You know, that's why we, you know, breaking cycles here. We're wanting to do better for the next generation of kids that are coming up. But I feel like that's just gotten so lost mm-hmm. on kids and yeah. the society that we live in and the things that they're exposed to and the things that they see or don't see and... I just, I've, that just has been really resonating with me lately, just with 
even as adults, I feel that way that they don't see us as right. who we really are, but just what we're capable of doing or not doing. Yeah. And it go, and it goes back to the theme of the great resignation because that's what corporations have been doing to employees for I don't know how long right. they've been doing that to their employees where they don't care. No, they take away your individuality <laughs> real quick. Yeah, You know, and they say, oh, we're a family. And if you ever work or are in an environment where they say that, you, if you're working somewhere where they say that, that, that it's a family here, that is a huge red flag. Right. Like, it's not a family. <laughs> it's like, even if it's the best working environment in the world. It's so fake, though. Working environments <laughs> are so fake. I can't. <laughs> it's just, I can't with them. But it, I mean. I'm not going to fake laugh at your jokes. I'm sorry. Yeah, it wasn't funny. <laughs> I mean, and then I totally, I'm the same way, which is part of the reason why, you know, I, I'll never maybe get to you know a higher level mm -hmm. or you know be in like way upper management or whatnot because i'm just not willing to do that i've never yeah. been that type of person right uh but it's just like i said it i just hope we're like creating little tiny people that go out and change the world yeah. and and make it better because it just seems like we're just repeating the same things over and over again when I like sit sit up and look at the world and especially what's going on right now and you know everything uh, abroad and here and you know I don't really want to get into all that but it's just it's like we're repeating history over and over again I don't understand and and it, it only really can begin with you and what you do and and once you figure out you then please go out into the community and do something that you know I mean, even me having to get guests on this, you know, the show this month, you know, I could get entrepreneurs, but I really wanted to get people on that are making an impact in some way and making a difference. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's hard. <laughs> it's even hard to do it at the local level to find people that have really put themselves out there and take, taken a risk and really, you know, have this a, like tether to the community that they're in that they're living in and wanting to make a difference so yeah. i commend you i thank think you. you're doing a great job thank i can't you. believe i can't believe you have 80 keepers that's so insane 80 <laughs> and growing <laughs> i just yeah i and the, the first thing that popped in my head when you said that was how is she doing that all by herself that's like literally because i understand what an endeavor it is to just do anything uh you know, it sounds all great in theory. And then when you actually have to put it into to practice, it's like, oh, my gosh, there's this and there's this. And I didn't think about this. And, you know, I just want the I want to be my own boss and have a nice chair kind of yeah. situation. But it's so much more. Right. It's so humbling. Right. <laughs> like, oh, my God, how am I going to do all of this? Yeah. How? Yeah. It's just. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> you just do it. You know, yeah. I think it's because I always I wanted to get to this point. And here uh, you are. But it's not a. For me, again, it's not about the money that I can make. No. It's about the impact that I can have. And I try not, I try to so not lose sight of that. Yes. Um, because, yeah, obviously, as I get more keepers, I'm making more money. I'm making more money than I ever made in corporate America. Mm -hmm. But it's not about that. And um, that's why I, I'm actively working on creating that toolbox and, and building another company that um, works with, um, you know, building that mindset in all athletes, not just young goalkeepers oh and so it's i've always said it's bigger than me and now i'm trying to find trying to find ways to actively pursue something that's bigger than me um it's more than just the keepers that i can reach if i can reach lilies everywhere yeah not just ones that i come in contact with yeah um, that's the real goal 
yeah, the real goal is um, um, your your goalkeeping academy in every state, mm-hmm. you know, across the U.S., you yeah. know. And I don't know. what, what I just, I'm yeah, throwing, no, the, I mean, I'm throwing goal, that out there. Yeah, I don't know, no, baby. The real goal is, is to, is to be able to impact kids without directly talking to them. Yeah. You just want that message to be like self-perpetuating, like mm-hmm. just, you know. Yeah. And, you, and doing so, I think that's going to take a lot of convincing with adults, right? And, yeah. and that's eventually going to coincide because it's, it's not just what I can teach them. It's what their parents also know. And I think um, one thing that has been on my mind lately is, and something I do for my kids is um, model to them what it looks like to make commitments, right? I've had two surgeries in nine months. I'm recovering from my second I know. surgery. I am I five know. weeks out of a, a shoulder surgery, but I was training again after a week and a half. And just those little things that my kids can see, okay, She's hurt, but she's here and she's hustling. And after me, there's four more coming in. And after them, there's four more coming in. And she's out here really, really hustling it work. to make it work yeah. and, and to to service as many people as I can. I think that's important. I think um, if more adults can and more parents, uh, again, I'm not a parent, so maybe I'm a little <laughs> overstepping here, but if, if more adults can model for children what it means to make a commitment and keep it um, with our diet, with our workout plan, right? With yeah. reading books, with um, educating ourselves, with affirmations. If we can also model that um, behavior for younger kids, I think we will see a very large impact on generations to come. Yeah, hopefully all the adults. Yeah, hopefully all the adults that are listening to this are listening to this so that they're able to do those things. Mm-hmm. And if y'all have kids, then even more so. But <laughs> I don't have kids either, so I may be overstepping. <laughs> I don't know, but I feel that way too because I mean it's so hard to keep myself accountable and really work at it every day. And you know, but when I get you know like the feedback you get, people see that you're doing those things. I had that kind of same feedback. Someone came up to me and said. We, we end, I ended up talking about the podcast and whatnot. And, you know, there are a lot of people that have the idea. Oh, I want everybody wants to have a podcast. You know, everybody wants a podcast. And, and, you know, people will be like, I can't believe you have 18 episodes. You know, this is like, you know, our 19 episodes so far. Congratulations. I, That's awesome. I, so, and it's, and I, I just sit there and they're like, well, how'd you do it? The same kind of, you know, rapport that we're, ha- you know, the kind of the, this whole deja vu that I'm having sitting here, you know, asking, well, how'd you do it, Mallory? And what'd mm-hmm. you do? And how did the secret recipe? And when people ask me that too, sometimes I, I just, I'm like, I don't know, I just did it. I just wake yeah. up and I figure it out. And yeah. I just, I don't let anything get me down. I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm don't get down y'all. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Don't, don't, I do. There are things that are very demoralizing and very just Uh, leave a very bad taste in my mouth in the whole process but not enough to make me give up you know and so where does that come from and that's really like at the heart of whatever this show is about and what Mallory's Goalkeeping Academy is about and all of these other people that are going to be on the show this month that have just found this like or tapped in I'm going to say tapped into this kind of subconscious in themselves where they've been like you know what I'm g- this is what I'm going to do. And it's just been so profound and so impactful. And I just, I'm like, so I don't mean to sound condescending Mallory, but so proud of you. Thank like, you. Uh, it's like so cool. Like from you, when I met you in the gym and now it's like, you're, you have this whole 
thing, this whole social impact that is just way beyond you. And yeah. like you're the little little matriarch of it, <laughs> the, the yeah. little the little founder. So and so tell the lovely listeners where they can reach you or where they can check you out or whatever. I don't know what's going on with that either. <laughs> so I don't want to put you on the spot. No, you're fine. Um, Instagram's fine at mouse fit world. Um, that's where you can find most of what I'm doing. I'm still kind of building a platform for my goalkeeping Academy and, and branding that. Yeah. Um, like I said, I've doubled in size since October. So it's been a lot really quickly. Um, so I'm still branding a website there, but uh, you'll definitely see more of us on Instagram. You know, we have uh, Shift My Skill Set, which is our mindset clinics. Those are coming up. And eventually we want to take those not only to goalkeepers, to other athletes, to adults even, um, teaching you how to build confidence and how to help instill confidence in little ones, I think is going to be, it's going to be the, um, it's going to be the source of my impact going forward. So, so cool. Okay, so let's do, because it's like, it's already been an hour. It's crazy. <laughs> as well. uh, let's do, let's do rapid fire, because we always do rapid fire, except for when I do solo episodes, y'all. Because y'all know that, you know, I'm really super vulnerable with y'all when I do solos, but. Okay. So, Mallory, if you could create one rule everyone in the world had to follow, what would it be? Be nice to yourself. Be nice to yourself. That's a good one. That's a good one. And others. But it starts <laughs> with you. Yeah, it does. Uh, I'm not going to ask you that because we are. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to go. So the next one is what are your three L's? And so let me let me give you the background for this. So the three L's are what do you want to learn this year? What do you want to launch this year? And what are you going to love more of this year? Okay. <laughs> What do I want to learn this year? Um, I just want to continue learning more about myself. And I think um, I wake up every day with an appetite for that. Mm -hmm. So I do that by um, reading about, you know, personal development stuff. I read novels. I read, uh, right now I'm reading a book about Starbucks, just how they started and companies. Um, so yeah. learning everything. I don't have anything specific that I want to learn. I just want to learn everything okay. and hopefully learn more about myself in the process launch. I'm launching my website soon. Yay! <laughs> uh, but also, like I said, launching that other company, um, shift my skill set, where we really do bring a full toolbox of confidence to you and to your kids, um, especially young goalkeepers. And the last one was, uh, what are you going to love more of love more of, <laughs> <laughs> not to be cliche but love love more of myself i think yeah. moving forward i think it's easy for me to talk about the mindset development piece and 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 trying to develop my mindset but in doing so um i'm not always perfect nobody you know, is no one is <laughs> it's not all you know rainbows it's it's hard work so learning to love more of myself and just i have a really small circle so finding more ways to show that love for the people the few people I have around me. Um, I feel you on that. That's, that's <laughs> always the, uh, the goal there is, is, is love more of the people I have around me. It's great. Anything else you want to leave the lovely listeners with before we close out the show today? Um, I think we talked about it a lot, <laughs> but work on yourself. I think that's the most, um, it's the best thing that you can do for society as a whole, whether you see it or not is to work on yourself and learn more about yourself and continue to pursue 
the best version of yourself every single day because there's a lot of people that don't know where to start with that. So if you can find a way to start with you, maybe, you know, your sister learned something, mom learned something, aunt learned something, friend learned something, and then their friend, their aunt, their sister, their mom learned something. I think that's the most socially um, socially responsible thing that you can do. That's so great. It's like recycling. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's like recycle. The, the but. most socially responsible <laughs> yeah. thing you can do is work on you yeah. and challenge yourself. Yeah. Um, don't so be true. content. Be the best version of you, and and that that starts with doing something every single day. Whether that, if even if you don't know what where to start, it's listening to a podcast, or it's reading a book, or it's writing something down, or it's setting a goal and doing it and doing it. Yeah, yeah. you got to do it, y'all. Every single day, <laughs> you have to actually do it, not just write it down. Right, you got to do it. <laughs> yeah. So again, that's that's what I'd leave with everybody is actively pursue the best version of you because from that beautiful things can blossom oh my god that's so true that was like such such great advice and it just sounded like i said i've been i've been kind of emotional the last couple of weeks because of everything going on in my life but it it really comes back to that and i feel that you know once you really see the benefits of that it's so different than anything else you'll experience as a human being as an individual and it's so worth it even though the work the work of working on yourself is probably the hardest thing you'll ever do it's so impactful and it, it almost makes you want to just give that to someone else in some way shape or form I can't tell you all my my I can't tell you my lovely listeners what what that is or how that will come to light but I promise you that it does and you know, the more you feel good about yourself and, and how you see the world, you want everybody to see the world that way. And we, we so need that right now with everything going on and God, who knows what's going to happen, you know, in the next few months and just the course of the history that we're living, we're creating right now. We just, I think it's so important just to do, do, do the good things and put love out into the world and, be hippy dippy and and say what you want to say and speak your truth and and just continue to actually you know practice what you preach i think is is really important too so with that um is that are you you good that's it that that was mallory's uh send off to my lovely listeners and i i'm concurring with everything she just said so um you guys check Mallory out on Instagram. What's your Instagram again, Mallory? At Mal's underscore fit underscore world. And I'll share uh, that out with my lovely listeners on my social media, which again, you guys can catch me on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. TikTok. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So I had, oh my, that's so funny that you uh, like almost called me out on that right now because I was so. or It's tough. I, I so reluctantly downloaded it oh, and I have been I have been so adamant not to have that because I just don't have the time to just waste on no offense to people and I'm using it now but just for the podcast yeah. uh, the, that's the I only have a profile for the podcast and it is so difficult to come up with content yeah I just create the content put out the content it's I just sometimes I just don't know what you know what you guys want you know (laughs) tell me what you guys want I I'll do it and the things that I get more views on I just don't get it like what 
Okay. But yes, you guys can find me on TikTok if you want to just get a 60 second clip of what Overshare is about. And me, it's there. Go add me, go subscribe, go check Mallory out, subscribe to her Instagram to keep up with all of the things that she's doing for the community. Um, we will be continuing on this journey of the great resignation throughout the whole month of March, my lovely listeners. Like I said, such uh, there are going to be such great guests coming on the show to tell you their journey and what they've been through and how they've gotten there and their mindset and the work that it took to get them where they are. So just stay tuned. Um, that's all I have, y'all. You know, that's pretty much it for me. We've kind of gone over, but hey. So with with that, uh, oh, I do want to say thank you, thank you to my product sponsors this this for this month, which is uh, Ashlyn with Celestial Jewelry, and again uh, Angel and Marco with uh, Susie Skull. They've been so great, uh, always such great supporters. Definitely go check them out. I'll be um, promoting them on my social media, so make sure you go add them on Instagram and wherever on all the social media things. So check them out, y'all. So with that, the light within me honors the light within you, my lovely listeners. Have a great Monday, a great rest of the week, and remember to always, always speak your truth fiercely and with vulnerability. I love you.